This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. I've been preparing for this all my life. Here's Porter on hard and taking him to school. What a great play by Jay Shante. KJ Martin climbed Bobon Mountain. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. And you've seen tonight that we, we fought together, we stayed together, and it's about damn time, man. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. And if you enjoy what we do here at Locked on Rockets, be sure to hit the subscribe button at our brand new YouTube channel on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. We would sincerely appreciate it. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for our Michelob Ultra moment coming up later in the episode. Now joining us as he does each and every week for our Locked on Rockets film room session is none other than the X's and O's guru, the athletics, Ali Khan Bijani. What's up, Ali Khan? How you doing? Hey, Jackson. How you doing, man? I'm excited to be here with you because we've got a jam-packed show where we are going to be talking about Jalen Green of all prospects uh, as we are leading up to the NBA draft and getting ready to kind of break down the different prospects and what stands out about them. And this is going to be an exciting one. Yeah, you know, Jalen Green is one of those three guys that I've mentioned to you. If Kate Cunningham does go number one overall, the Rockets will be looking at. You have a guy like Jalen Suggs. You have a guy like Evan Mobley. And now we're going to be discussing Jalen Green today, somebody who I feel like is going to be a good scorer in this league. You know, when it comes to Jalen Green, there's been obviously so much talk. Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, which direction we go. And I think that first off, I got to give a quick shout out to your partner in crime over at The Athletic, Kelly Eco, who dropped an incredible feature on Jalen Green at the start of this week. And I think that you know, as you and I were deciding, okay, who do we want to talk about first, Jalen Green or Evan Mobley? Uh, you know, I decided, I was like, you know what? We got to talk about Jalen Green. We got to kind of ride some of the hype uh, that, that Kelly set us up with. But that truly was an incredible article, you know, by, by your partner in crime over there, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he did a fantastic job really just giving a good perspective on him and just, you know, really, really giving some insight into the kind of character he has, the work ethic he puts in. Um, that's something that, you know, if you're picking at the top of the draft, you're looking to make sure that whoever you're investing that top kind of level picking, they're going to be something not only it has a good floor, which Jalen Green has, but somebody who can reach or potentially reach their ceiling. And that only happens whenever you have that drive, you have that work ethic. And it was great to see that behind the scenes uh, of, you know, who Jalen Green is a person, get the different stories from his high school days and kind of give Rockets fans um, some insight into what kind of player they can expect in a Rockets uniform if Houston does select him with the number two overall pick. You know, I've got, so we're already, we're seeing some of the comments here. And now this is the first time we, we've been doing our Locked on Rockets film room sessions, you know, for about two months now via Green Room. This is the first time that we've done it live through Twitter. And so I'm getting some comments um, like from Rishi over here saying, is this pre-recorded? This is not pre-recorded. This is live. This is as close to live. And uh, I'm sure we'll have a mess up somewhere later in the show because that's just how these live, uh, live things usually go. But no, this is not pre-recorded. This is live in every sense of the word. Um, we're going to take your questions too. So 
So that's one area that we really love is the interaction element that we get with you guys, the listeners uh, watching this, whether you're watching on YouTube, watching on Twitter. Um, so hold the questions a little bit for now. But we're going to have your questions pulled up on screen a little bit later because I can actually do this and click a fancy little button over here that pulls your question up on screen. So oh, that's uh, yeah. pretty cool. I don't know you can do that. That's, yeah, that's cool. right. So, I mean, it's going to be a fun experience. So hold your questions for a little bit later on. We'll probably tackle a chunk of those uh, in the third segment. But starting off, uh, we want to focus on. Obviously, some of the, you know, let, let's kind of take a look at some of the base numbers for Jalen Green. Now, courtesy of our friends over at Synergy, uh, we kind of have a lot of numbers to dig into. And Ali Khan, you're the expert at this. So where do you want to go first uh, as we're looking at this table? Because this is a lot yeah. of numbers being thrown at us right away. I, I want to give credit to guys at the Roll Call Sports Network. I actually was able to get these um, images from them. Um, I have seen um, this data on the NBA stats website or the G League stats website, but um, a really big thanks to Roll Call Sports Network on their profile and Jalen Green for providing this um, data. Now, there's a couple of things I want, I want to point out. First of all, this is the offensive numbers, okay? Now, we have a two, a, two different areas that we're going to focus on. First is you see in front of you something called play types. Kind of, you know, in a rough way, this describes different areas that Jalen Green had possessions in or he was involved in offensively. On the bottom of which I think is important if you're a Rockets fan also is looking at his catch and shoot and his jump shot uh, numbers. So we're, let's start off and kind of just go through there. Transition. You know, I, I, I have this in my notes. I, I think when he steps onto the court in his first game, he'll be the first or second best player on his team at scoring can transition. He has some dribble moves. He's a crossover dribble that allows him to get past his defender. I mean, he's just really adept at really getting to the rim uh, whenever he's in transition. And I think that's going to be his best area whenever he steps on the floor for whichever team, Houston, whoever the case may be. And you, you that's, saw that's a ridiculous points, points per possession in transition. I mean, the 1.37, that, that stands out. That's a, yeah, I mean, it, it, and, and, it's, and it's in 45 possessions, right? I mean, if we, if we break that down further and synergy allows you to do that, you can look at the number of turnovers or the percentage of possessions that resulted in turnovers, all those different things. He's really good. And, and that, that's kind of what you want in an athletic young prospect, somebody who can actually be, you don't have to be a local motive, but somebody who can actually force the issue and score or create for others or draw contact. And that's something that he's really good at. Um, the second thing I want to point out um, are this different, like I said, rough possessions, what he kind of goes through the different areas of different situations. We have in front of us how he does in pick and roll. 28% um, shooting out of pick and roll, um, 0.538 points per possession. You keep going down spot up. It's actually pretty good, and I've talked about this on Twitter, the fact that I would like to see him more in those spot-up situations. I think he can play well with another ball-dominant uh, ball, ball handler. You have him in transition, as you guys see. Let's, let's move all the way down to his catch-and-shoot. Now, you know, during the G League season, he shot around 36 37%, I think, roughly on catch-and-shoot or, or just three-point shooting overall. But if we look at his catch-and-shoot numbers, when, when the defender was close to him, he shot 25%. When he was unguarded, shot 50%. And that's pretty good. You want to obviously get that guarded number up. Um, but synergy, just depending on how they may have defined a specific play, that may be a little bit different. You would want to like actually go through the film and break down kind of what was defined as guarded and what, what, what was not. If we look at the jump shot range, this is you know one area that I'm eager to see if he can get better at. It's not to say he doesn't have a good shot. It's not to say that he can't and will not take mid-range jumpers. He will. He looks to do that. If you're playing in drop coverage 
and he knows that they're packing the paint, he can't get by you, he will settle into a jump shot. We saw that a lot in the G League. That being said, he's only shooting 28% and only did shoot 28%. But his form gives you confidence. The ability to stop on a dime gives you confidence that he can knock that, that shot down more uh, at a different rate. So whenever we look at a comparison to different players, we have to take into consideration to kind of what role this specific player, in this case Jalen Green, played for his team. He was always a primary shot maker, the primary shot creator, and he was, I wouldn't say selfish, but more so he knew that he had to get a bucket for his team. And so a lot of his shots were unassisted in that capacity and that he was having to create his own shot. So when we're looking at the context of this data, we also have to keep those things in mind. I mean, we're looking at in his G League Ignite numbers, we also have to make sure that we're looking at that whole offense was based upon those young guys coming in and playing in the G League with G League Ignite, right? You have Kaminga, you have all these different guys who were there. We have to make sure we also provide that context and perspective as well. So if you're a Rockets fan, you're on YouTube, you're, you're looking at film and breaking down different things for yourself, keep these different areas of context in mind. Um, with that, that's just kind of a rough overview, and we're going to go into more of this game as we move along here. You know, I do. Uh, there, there is one other area on here that I do want to kind of like highlight or just kind of look at that stands out to me, and that's the area looking up at his, his the play types, right? And so, so little uh, of his plays came from you know coming off screens or or you know dribble handoff opportunities. You look at that; that's total you know ten percent of of his volume, seven point one percent off of screens, three point seven percent off handoffs, and that's an area where I really think that, especially under you know, Steven Silas. I mean, that was an area that we saw a lot of Rockets players really get get opportunities in some of those dribble handoffs, utilizing the bigs like Kelly Olynyk, like Christian Wood in those dribble handoff sets, as well as coming off mm-hmm. screens is an area that I think he, if he becomes a Houston Rocket, is going to be able to definitely expand his game. Yeah, and we're going to go into this further as we uh, go throughout the show, but there are specific examples within the Rockets scheme that I'm looking forward um, to talking about and kind of showing where he's going to be able to fit in. We're going to get into some of these schemes in just a moment. But before we get there, we got to share our Michelob Ultra moment of the week, which I guess like we're just going to pick Jalen Green for our moment, right? Like, I mean, it's been he's he's been so hyped up by this Rockets organization, by the fans, by everybody that pretty much every moment is almost like a Jalen Green centric moment. Wouldn't you agree, Ali Khan? <laughs> I mean, according to Rockets Twitter, especially, I guess that's the very much the case. I mean, so look, at the end of the day, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Right now, Rockets fans are enjoying the pursuit of the number two overall pick, who they're going to draft, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley. Jalen Green's definitely brought a lot of happiness to this Rockets franchise. So is the number two overall pick, um, you know. The, the way that the Twitter streets are singing the praises of both of these guys, right? You've got the Green Gang. You've got the Mobley Mob. I mean, it's it's a great place to be for this organization. So that's actually going to be our moment for this week is just we're just kind of encapsulating everything that is Jalen Green. But coming up, we're going to break down the actual plays, get into some specific sets and all that good stuff in just one moment. Continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. We are now going to tee up some specific plays to kind of go over and, and you know, let Ali Khan share his insight and really break these down. Now, I do have to preface that we are doing these in still images, okay? There's a reason we're doing these in still images because copyright is a thing. So it's still going to be very educational, uh, but Ali Khan, let's, let's get this first play teed up. Yeah, I, I will be posting uh, videos 
over the next few days. So as you guys um, want a better video understanding of what happened in a specific play, you can see it. But I promise you, I think it just by us discussing these screenshots, you'll be able to get a really good idea of what the film study we're going to be discussing is all about. Um, one area that I'm really intrigued by, but Jalen Green is his cutting ability, which is why the first, not just this slide, but the next two slides, this one and the next one, are about his cutting ability. Um, so he's a sharp cutter. He has great body control. So when defenders overplay one shoulder, he'll freeze him with a hesitation and just make a decisive cut. Um, the way I like to think about it and, and what I've heard from talking to others is that if you're not an elite passer, you can still contribute to player and ball movement. Uh, particularly by reading your defender in the low man and making timely cuts and slashes in the half court. So a cut isn't just simply a straight line drive that we see from the perimeter normally, ordinarily. Um, in a motion offense, a pick and roll offense, as we're seeing now in the NBA, especially playoffs, cuts are incredibly important. Um, this can be a straight basket cut or a cut off a screening action, like a curl, or it can even just be a rejection of a screen and you attack or just slip off a screen. A cutter helps initiate the pass. That's the key. They can help initiate the pass. And even if they are not an elite, an elite passer themselves, um, and even though Jalen Green is not necessarily an elite passer just yet, he can be a good cutter, and he's shown flashes of that, which will allow him to play alongside a dominant ball handler. So if you can use your athleticism to your uh, favor, you can essentially become a decoy to free of your teammates. And that's how, kind of how I envision um, Jalen Green as used as a cutter. Here's an example here. Let's look at the top left of your screen. You're going to see Jalen Green kind of inside the painted area. And he's, and, and, and he's going to come off towards the perimeter. He's going to pretend that he's you know, you know, going to either initiate an action with Bobby Brown, who's in the slot, or he's going to go off to, to the perimeter to catch and shoot, shoot a jump shot or kind of get into an isolation for a 1-4 flat. But what you see in that third picture is that once he gets to that free throw line extended area, he uses his body. He sees how the defender is playing him. He's obviously playing the perimeter, just how parallel the defender's body is his, to the baseline. And he decides that, you know what, I'm going to attack inside. He pushes off, gets inside, has a wide open dunk attempt. That's how you use your athleticism to your advantage, especially in a setting like in the NBA when teams will have to switch. And when they switch, you get favorable mismatches. And we see the Rockets will attempt to take advantage of mismatches. When does mismatches occur? Defenses may send an additional help defender, a double team, which will allow those guys all over the court on the perimeter, and there's five-out offense to be able to cut. Jalen Green, I think, is going to be able to be a really good cutter, attack, and score using his athleticism. So that's just one example. And I think the pass, too, coming you know from the big who's posted up right there, who's I'm actually not sure who that is, unfortunately, on the on the Ignite, but you know trying to draw some parallels to the Rockets' offense in this, right? We saw Christian Wood's passing ability, you know, get better as the season progressed. Kelly Olynyk absolutely showed some incredible flashes as a passer uh, in his stint with the Houston Rockets. Jay Sean Tate, another very willing passer, uh, you know, with with some underrated court vision for this Rockets team. So it's not like the Rockets are at you know are short on guys who can make this you know, pass as long as they have the right cut being made by a Jalen Green type, somebody who knows how and when to cut. There are plenty of quality passers on this Rockets team to take advantage of somebody who knows how to utilize himself like that. Yeah, for sure. And if, if we can, let's go to the second slide and we'll kind of show a secondary example um, of what's going on. Now, here's a play that's 
very common in an NBA, which is why I really like watching Jalen Green's tape because it actually has a semblance of an NBA offense. Or there are some principles. I mean, you even you 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 even can tell there's some triangle principles that they run uh, from the triangle offense. So it's very interesting to kind of see how all this shakes out. But let's start off with a top left image, Jalen Green near the baseline. He's going to come off a down screen as you see if it's on top right of your screen. When he comes off the down screen, defender in the bottom left of your screen is overplaying him. He's overplaying that outside shoulder, which Jalen Green then reads, uses his arm to help create some separation, has a wide open dunk, which he gets. Um, if we were to show the full video, you'd be able to see that. But these are just small things that I want to be able to show you when you're a guy who's shooting 36 and a half, 37% from three, when you're able to use your step back and have horizontal spacing and generate some space with a sidestep or just in a variety of different ways with your hesitation moves, defenses respect you. They want you to take you away from your strengths and your, and your perimeter game. If he can continue to cut like this, he's going to create a lot more mismatches and a lot more favorable offense uh, for his teammates. So, you know, it, it, what we're going to be looking at here um, is his ability to really attack. And so this is more so about him being a ball handler. Um, what I really like about Jalen is that I think he's really decisive on his initial move. And this is because of two reasons. First, incredible first step. And I think this example here is a really good visual, the kind of first step he has. Your basic defense you're going to see most teams play is drop coverage. But in this case, the big is up high because he knows Jalen wants to shoot the basketball. He wants to take that away from him. So if that's the case, you have to be able to play him up higher so you're not letting him kind of dribble into a three. That's what happened. That's on the scouting report. Bottom left of your screen, defender is right next to him, right? He's right next to him. He's, he went over the screen. He's trying to stay on the hip. Look at the bottom right, the last picture. How much separation not only does he get from his own defender, but also the defender that's tagging over, helping completely off the guy from the slide. Jalen Green has a couple advantages here. The defense is not really in a good position to help or do really anything. It's kind of like, uh, it's like no man's lane. You have a guy in the corner, you have a guy in the slide. And if anything, if anything breaks down, you have a dunk. In this case, just to let you guys know, if you guys go back and watch this hustle, uh, game he played against the hustle, he had a wide open dunk on this play. But this kind of just shows you he's able to use that quick first step. It allows him to make more decisive reads, easier reads for him to do, uh, which as a secondary playmaker, which a lot of people visualize him to be or envision him to be at least early on or maybe even potentially down the road, that's something that that, that, that will be a good read that he has to make as a secondary player. Um, but so, yeah, like I said, he's decisive on his initial move. And, and this is because of his because of two reasons. He's decisive because he's a quick first step. Um Paired with his athleticism, his quick first step allows him to win one-on-one -on -one straight line drives. So what I mean by that is if I'm coming off a screen and I get a switch, or if I'm not, I'm not able to create an advantage, he's so quick with that first step, he can still get downhill north to south straight line like a running back is supposed to do and beat his guy towards the rim. That's the key here. Um, so so that, that, that's, that's one. Second, he does not hesitate off the catch. You, th there's a rule, you are the most open when you first receive the ball. You have to be prepared to do something immediately. He's always prepared. He's always making a move. Even if it's not there, there are some weaknesses associated with that decision-making that he, continue, he can continue to improve upon uh, with proper player development. But that is something I also really like about him as well. 
Um, the the decisiveness you know, is absolutely. Oh, well, I was just going to say I was going to agree with you. I mean, the decisiveness is absolutely there. Like the moment he catches the ball and then decides to do something with it, he, he's already got that you know raw combination of that that you know explosive first step plus the athleticism to be able to finish at the rim uh, and finish in a variety of ways. That as soon as he gets the ball, he just the way that he attacks off the bounce. Uh, it, it's just it's been great to watch in all the different you know all the different film that I've watched on Jalen Green. Yeah, for sure. And, and so, so one other thing I want to mention is this is an example of him kind of running pick and roll, um, or maybe like in this case, more of like a sideline angle pick and roll. Um, but when he is involved in pick and roll, if we just if we can go back to the last play, Jackson, oh. so we make that moment. Uh, uh, just want to go over that really quickly. He has moments of playing at his own speed and tempo, and as he continues to see NBA schemes and defenses, he will get better at adapting to ice coverage, which is kind of forcing a ball handler towards the base, uh, to the sideline, drop coverage, switches, traps. There were a few examples of him attempting, sometimes successfully at snaking the pick and roll, which uh, Chris Paul has famously done here in Houston and throughout his career, where you kind of, you know, you, you try to create a mismatch or put your defender in space. And he is good about keeping defender on his back and beating them to the paint. He, he has shown flashes. He's not there yet. But there are tools that you can see if he continues to get slowly, slowly more reps in pick and roll in different areas, he can be a successful player in that regard out of pick and roll. I think for this Rockets offense, I don't think five out is really going away anytime soon. Um, I, I, I think when, when, you look, when you look at the type of offense that you want to have, you always in, – in the Rockets offense, five out is also about creating an advantage. Steven Salas had talked to us about this during the season. He wants his shot creators or ball handlers to always create a two-on-one advantage. A guy like Jalen Green with his different abilities, as he gets more reps and he's able to see defenses clearly, he's going to be able to kind of do those certain things. Um, but a key area for improvement, which I alluded to earlier for him, is when he settles. If he's matched up one-on-one or comes off the screen and he does not have that favorable advantage, he can be quick with it, but he is all, he, he's also sometimes too quick to shoot. Or if the shot is taken away, uh, he'll try to make the pass, but defenses disguise those passing lanes or they overplay his side of the court in the NBA, and that can easily create a turnover or cause a turnover for his team. So for as good of a finisher as he is inside the paint, I mean, he's still getting better. He's like 1.2 points per possession. He still forces um, or is very, very late with some of his decisions, especially when he's deep in the paint, which will get better over time, but he has to get better, especially with those one-handed passes. I think right now his biggest strength in terms of passing the ball is whenever he's closer towards the paint uh, coming off of curl actions or snuck pick and roll snuck pick and roll essentially is key word for pick and roll kind of inside the paint or around the free throw line um and, and in smaller spaces he's really good at putting the ball in speed and in accuracy but those cross-court passes or when he's coming off a of pick and roll and passing into the corners or to a cross-court shooter that's where he has to get better for him to take that next step to truly be a secondary ball We've got one more offensive slide that we're going to get to here in just a second, as well as we want to actually shift gears after that one and kind of get to some of the defensive areas for uh, Jalen Green. But we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at rockauto.com. Because look, at the end of the day, when it comes to ordering car parts, right, why would you want to go to a traditional like chain store where you got to go in person and walk up to the counter and be like, hey, do you have this part for my car? And they're like, actually, we don't have that in stock. Sorry, you got to order online. Just use rockauto.com. Their catalog is nice and easy, remarkably 
you know, simple to navigate. Go to their website. It's super easy to find any of the brands, specifications that you need for your car. And the best part is the prices are always competitively low. Why would you want to spend up to 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same parts when you can get them much, much cheaper at rockauto.com. So go check out rockauto.com and be sure this is the really important part. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. And continuing on here for our final segment at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Reminder that on our road to the NBA Finals, now that the Finals are here, our Finals coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Only 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Now, Ali Khan, let's get to this last offensive slide that we have teed up here. And this is the one that I feel like a lot of people are going to be... I guess, like, I don't want to say interested. I mean, it's, it's all interesting, but, like, this is the one where it's just, like, this is the one where you see his bread and butter move. This little like it's it's kind of a step back, but it's also more like a snatch back dribble. It's very it's very similar to a move that Bradley Beal has kind of made his bread and butter in the NBA, which is this, I thought like, you were to say James Harden about no, to give no, no, Rockets no. fans some Rockets fans some. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Like legitimately, if you go watch Bradley Beal highlights, Beal does this move all the time where he he starts a dribble drive in and he has that cross back and pulls the string on the ball and gets it back and then gets that separation between he and his defender, which is exactly yeah. what's going on here. Yeah, and, and you know, as as I get into this topic, I just want to make quick caveat if you are to watch film of especially with Jalen Green um, with G League Ignite I would encourage you to watch his highlights not as in highlights of like just rambled up jumbled up highlights from what happened but if you truly want to see his progression and how he's grown um, as a ball handler playmaker shooter all these different things defender go watch his games in order go watch his regular season games Watch the playoff games. You learn a lot. I think if you watch the Raptors 905 game, it'll it'll really give you some really good insight into how he's grown or kind of where he started from where he was in this first game to where he is now. And so so I, I really do recommend that if you are an armchair analyst or you're wanting to learn more about Jalen Green, if he's trying to become a potential, uh, uh, if he's going to be the potential number two overall pick, I, I, I do think that's um, an important way to start. Now, what we see here in front of us, Jackson, is what I like to – uh, what I like to call just all the space in the world, man. This guy is so good at creating space just for his age, how polished he is with his dribble. I mean, it's it's so polished for his age that he can create multiple feet of separation. So this term is often referred to as horizontal spacing, right? I mean, we see vertical spacing, um, but, you know, ho- horizontal spacing in that way is just the ability to kind of use his gather step Use that sidestep to be able to create that space. And I think you're going to see that here. This is a possession where I think he's going to be able to uh, excel in. If he's playing with John Wall in Houston, if he's playing with Kevin Porter Jr., or if he's playing somewhere else who uh, have a, a dominant ball handler, he's going to have chances to be able to shoot from the corner, which he can be eating. You know, he can't shoot the ball from there. Um, he's a three-level scorer, but his signature move already early on in his career is that step-back jumper like you alluded to just because of his ability to use his feet and timing of the dribble to create double the space that a normal ball handler does off the dribble, especially when driving right. When he drives right, I know this example is more on the left side, but look, he's still driving right whenever he does this. He's right-handed, so it's easier for him to use that left shoulder to bump off and create the extra space. But just 
let's pay attention frame by frame to his gather step. This is what I think has um, really elevated him for me as why I think he's such a polished scorer. He starts off in that top left part of your screen attacking the closeout. It's a long closeout. It's a hard closeout. It's meant to run him off the three-point line, which he does here. But as he's attacking, that he plants. He plants, uses his right arm, brings the ball back to his left hand. Look how much space he's already created while he's moving his arm from his right, moving the ball from his right to his left. Already that much space, and he goes back into the gather. Already set, nice form, getting ready from his dip, get, kind of getting a momentum from his dip into the release. Fantastic, you know, example of kind of how good he is, not only to be able to create space, but create space and get into the get into rhythm. As of right now, as we saw with the synergy stats, he's best as a shooter when he's coming off the dribble, running pick and roll, or just kind of in isolation, run, using the dribble to kind of generate um, his rhythm into a three. I think he's going to continue to get better from that. Um, but that's something that I just want to be able to highlight. Now, let's say that, you know, there, there are some times where defenses make a mistake and they do a short closeout or, um, or in the case if they did a hard close and he started attacking to the rim. Green has this ability to stay airborne and put a shot up through contact. And although, this, he, although he does have moments uh, where he'll shy away from drawing the contact um, by extending his arms like this or leaning in, like, you know, basically kind of putting his hands in front of his face rather than extending them out. Um, he'll also try to retreat or go backwards so he can create more space or try again. So what I mean by that, let's say he started attacking inside the paint. And if he doesn't have anywhere to go, um, which is good, he's, he shouldn't force the issue. But sometimes rather than kind of maneuver and contort his body, he'll retreat back out, resize up, and try to attack again. That sometimes may be a, 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 a weakness just because of um, – the, the initial, like I said earlier, like you, you, the best time, the most open you are usually is whenever you first get the ball. Um, and, and so you, you want to be able to be decisive. Don't allow the defense to get set. Don't allow them to help over quickly. You want to be able to do that. But because he's so quick with the ball with his first step and his hang time is so elite, you know, for his age, that hang time will allow him to get fouled. And as he learns to can learn, as he learns how to draw contact early enough, he can get fouled early stay in the air, and finish through the play. And I think he's going to become somebody who shoots multiple free throws a game as he continues to learn how to do that. Um, and that'll be something to, that he'll build on, not only with just the athleticism, right? Because I think the, the hang time is so critical, right? You see uh, the, the body control is there, and it's the, it's that ability, as you alluded to, to be able to, you know, not only you know, have the hang time and finish, you know, on the, you know, on the attack, but to be able to initiate that contact because when you are an NBA player, right, the offensive player, it has the benefit of the whistle 99% of the time, right? If you initiate that contact and elevate and power through that contact, then you're going to get the benefit of the doubt more often than not because the offensive player has the advantage. So for Jalen Green to be able to utilize what he already has in his bag and just add that little bit left is, is, you know, seeking the contact, really being able to finish through through that contact while also drawing the fouls that's going he's going to be a you know at some point like an eight to ten or twelve free throw attempts per game type player absolutely yeah he can be and like you know just like i said currently right now um you know it's 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 not just about him attacking but it's also getting better consistent with volume like i said he, he he's been somebody who's um you know been the primary shot creator so if you look at his numbers you know, he, he's been a scorer first, a lot of self-creation three-pointers. So that plays a significant role in volume and percentage. And, and we've seen this a lot. If you look at a lot of the scouting reports that are already online, they don't reference true shooting percentage for him, especially in the G League, because the G League experimented with a new rule 
essentially where you shot one free throw for two points. And that really does skew the data when it comes to your true shooting percentage, which is often used as a good way to kind of get an idea about the player and his scoring ability. Um, but one thing I do want to point out, he did have all those possessions we saw, but limited number in the limited number of games, he had three games where he shot 0 of 6 or worse from three-point range. So th that is something to keep in mind, that he, he's had those moments where he's been cold. It's not just about how well his shot looks, but it's like, what do you consider to be streaky versus what do you consider to be consistent? Obviously, the way defenses are playing him, they treat him like he's a good scorer. That is common in NBA. People that you think may not necessarily be the best three-point shooters, but because the reputation is there, defenses respect them. Defenses will respect Jalen Green, but he has to be able to get better, or that will come on a scouting report. Very streaky. That does show up. So he has to be able to get better at those uh, at those types of things. And like I said, currently, just he's really good at shooting off the dribble, shooting off a pick and roll, then he's a catch-and-shoot player. But in the Rockets' offense – Right, if we're looking at it from a Rockets lens, Rockets perspective, he will come off a flare screen, especially at the top of the key, um, or in the pistol offense, or get shots in the corner. He has to be able to be a good scorer when he's moving without the ball, which is likely an easier road for him, I think, than Kevin Porter Jr. For Green, he is best on the move, and when I liked what I liked watching the most when I watched his G League film is out of dribble handoffs, and, which are a very, very, very favorable. I mean, very favorite set of uh, uh, of Stephen Silas. Um, kind of, you know, having a big, we can initiate dribble handoffs, attack um, downhill. For for um, Jalen Green in this case, like I mentioned earlier, he loves going north to south. Dribble handoffs, you go on the run, attack, go north to south. So I think those are some really good examples of where he can excel on, especially early on if he is indeed drafted by Houston. All right, let's get, we've got a couple defensive slides that we want to focus on here. So Alecon, what are you noticing out of this one? So, you know, I'm going to first start off with what a scout told me about Jalen Green's defense. Because we all often hear, oh, this guy's a great scorer, great scorer. I see Rockets Twitter calling him Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. I mean, I get it. You guys love him for his offense. I, that's fine. But it's also, <laughs> it's also important to be able to provide no shade, no shade. I'm just calling out some people I see. They call him Michael Jordan Kobe. Let's relax here. Um, <laughs> all right. But uh, actually, shade, shade very much given. But um, – Let's relax. But, you know, I, I, wanna, I wanted to really talk about his defense because I, I think that, that that is an area for a prospect that you have to, you know, discuss. When you're looking at a player fit, especially in this top of, in the way Rafael Stone has talked about it, you want a player who can play and fit with multiple multiple types of players or multiple, multiple types of teams. Um, I, I think you also have to look at their defensive ability. What really stands out for me about Jalen Green not to the extent of Evan Mobley, who you guys know how high I, I am on him, is that he is athletic and he is long and that allows him to do certain things. So if he messes up and he reaches, he has the unique ability to recover and kind of contest or you know go for the block. That can work in a G League setting. That may not work as consistently in an NBA setting. Um, and this is what a scout told me about him. Um, he was fairly impressed with his defense um, this last season in the G League relative to his expectations because he was not a good defender kind of going into the G League. Um, and he's especially exceeded expectations when it comes to growing as a help defender. They really worked with him on the fundamentals of being a help defender. What that means is playing at the nail, kind of learning when to stunt, when not to stunt, helping on pick and roll stuff, 
Um, he has a long way to go when it comes to effort and processing information in front of him. But he he had a good season in terms of showing that he, he, there are tools there that can be successful. Just to give you my quick rundown on him, and we'll go through these last two slides really quickly. Better gambler than he is an individual defender. He has a great athleticism, which will help you at all levels of basketball, but not as much in the NBA unless you display proper technique. His stance needs work. What is a slight disadvantage for him is he has high hips, right? And that kind of changes some things whenever you're looking at him as a player offensively and defensively. Um, and he does. He needs to be a. He needs to be better at taking away space from the offensive player. Um, this is a problem for him for both closeouts on uh, off ball or on the ball when he's along the perimeter. His stance is just not low sometimes, and he does not moves. He does not move his hips well enough to kind of stay in front or next to the ball handler once a dribble move is made. But it can help help him in transition for recovery plays, including recovery blocks. Um, you know, he's good at attempting to play the passing lanes and swipe the ball. It's not uncommon for guards to be really quick with the ball and kind of swipe whenever they're on switches. Um, a good example of this is when um, in the NBA, when a defender is one pass away, they'll slowly sneak over and try to swipe the ball or they'll, they'll, they'll like fake stun. And I think the best example of that, Rockets fans, not to haunt you, but in the 2019 Western Conference, uh, Western Conference semifinals, Draymond Green would fake as if like he's helping on James Harden, but then stunt back and recover and, and take away Clint Capella's lob. That kind of fake, you know, you know, uh, move and how he's jumping in and jumping back. That's something that Jalen Green has kind of shown that he can show he can stunt and get back because of his long reach and get back into a stance. He needs to get better at those fundamentals. But you know, that's something that's actually really interesting to see. Um, he will get better, I think, in terms of the coaching staff here in Houston. They are very big on technique, very big. They want to work with these players on closeouts, different types of closeouts, different types of ways to get in stances. All those things, if he did come to Houston, they would make sure that they kind of um, get him involved early on so he can continue to get better. Um, it, but it wouldn't surprise me if early on in his career, no matter where he goes, if he stashed on corner shooters early on just to be able to play the weak side passing lanes. That's not an indictment on him. That's just more so kind of allowing him to have a, a, a curve to be able to overcome uh, whenever it comes uh, to his defensive abilities. I think he can be a good defender, um, as other guards have shown. They don't come in as the best defenders, but they can be good to above average defenders if they put in the work. I think you talk about that, the the passing lane, uh, and I think that's what this last slide kind of illustrates for us, right, is, you know, him kind of anticipating the pass on this next uh, this next set of slides. Yeah. So so if we look at what's going on right here in this example, you have essentially him at the top of the key. He's reading what the defense is where his teammates are doing. It's his job to be able to help over if he can't. So in this case, his teammates are playing ice coverage. They're taking the ball handler and pushing him towards the sideline. Meanwhile, the counter adjustment by the offensive player, in this case, the big, the screener, that he's going to set the screen, then flip around so he stays parallel to the ball and he, he's able to grab it, kind of puts his hands out there, hey, pass me the ball whenever you can. As the defenders are converging on the ball handler, Jalen Green's like, you know what? I see the passing lane is there. It looks like that he's going to be able to pass it. I'm going to help off a one pass away. He gets there in time, gets the steal. Now, where this can be an advantage for him, even though he over, over helps sometimes, is that if he learns how to potentially close out well. So if that shooter at the top of the key is a good shooter, he has to make sure that he closes out long and gets his teammates in rotation. Or he has to close out at the mid-level 
and be able to make sure that he's not giving up the three-point shot, but he gets back in the stance and kind of allows the defense to get back in their shell. And so there's different ways that he has to continue to grow that comes with the processing speed, that comes with effort. But there are tools like and examples like here where he's able to use his hands to be able to generate deflections and steals. And as a guard, if you're not the best individual defender, but you can play well in passing lanes, that's going to help your overall team defense. I mean, I want to say we'll 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 start throwing to questions, but I think the chat has been overtaken by arguments uh, in favor of Evan Mobley and is Jalen Green the next Michael Jordan? I don't see any questions about Jalen Green or anything going on in there. I think the chat has just devolved all of a sudden. Uh, But I have no idea what's going on in the chat, so um, you have to tell me what's going on. I'm sorry, guys. I wish I could see it. Um, Look, here's what I'm going to say. We discussed Jalen Green today, primarily because we wanted to make sure that we 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 talked about um, the fantastic job that Kelly did with this article. But just all like kind of what's been going on, all the conversation regarding Jalen Green, all the articles coming out. It just made sense for us to discuss Jalen Green. We are be, we are going to discuss Evan Mobley next week. Um, and so for you Evan Mobley fans, I have a whole film study lined up for him. Hey, put put some um, respect, Mo- Mobley Mob. Come on, Mobley Mob. So look, I'm. A very big Mobley guy. I'm I'm very high on him. Also very high on Jalen Green. It's really hard for me to say who I would choose right now. Um, I did a mock draft, I think, for some Grizzlies or from for some Grizzlies media thing, and um, I said that the Rockets would select Jalen Green. That being said, it could it could switch. I'm you know I, I, I'm I'm still watching a lot of film. Um, this is just my general take on Jalen Green. You can ask Jackson. I had a lot more notes than I even talked about. I had like pages of and words of like a scouting report on Jalen. It was Green. no, it was incredible. It was incredible. Like, I, and I think this oh, is man. my this is my favorite part about when we get to do these podcasts because like we're doing these and I'm like sitting here with the audience and I'm like, hmm, yes, I'm learning too. Like, this is great because this uh, is what you're this is what you excel at. This is what you are great at. And so not only is the audience getting educated, I'm getting educated too at the same time. It's great. Yeah, and so I mean, like, there's obviously a lot more when it comes to Jalen Green, and hopefully, I'll have I'll have some stories coming out for you guys on him and just kind of what I expect to see uh, from him if he is drafted to Houston. Um, but the same case with Evan Mobley, I think those two guys are fantastic. Don't discount Jalen Suggs. I said the last week. I'm going to say it again. Do not discount Jalen Suggs in the conversation. Um, but that being said, you know, Jackson, any questions from our listeners at all? Anything at all? Is that we, we, we we had we had one question up here. Somebody was asking if I was single. I'm not. I mean, so you know, holler at your boy. But uh, you know, past that, uh, no no other no other legitimate questions. I didn't even know you weren't single. That's that's news to me. Oh my I mean, god! How about a, a that? Tra- a travesty, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, no, no, we don't. We unfortunately don't have any any questions in the chat, but that's what we do like to be able to interact and, you know, answer some of these questions. We went a little longer than, than traditionally planned for today's episode, but we had a lot to get into. Um, so for next week, we're going to spend a little bit more time breaking news. Jackson got booed up. No, no breaking news there. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> but, uh, anywho, uh, Ali Khan, you know, the drill, let everybody know where to track you down at. Yeah, you can, you can follow me on Twitter guys at rockets underscore insider. Also follow me on YouTube at rockets film room. Got some good stuff coming out for you guys. If you're if if you're excited about the draft, wait just wait wait and see what I have in store coming for you guys on these top uh, prospects when it comes to the Rockets. 
And like Ali Khan already alluded to, we're going to be breaking out Evan Mobley next week on Locked on Rockets Film Room. Don't want to miss that. Be sure to tune back in for that. Check out the Locked on Rockets YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button there. Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, please subscribe. We would sincerely appreciate it. But for today's episode, that is going to do it. As always, thank you much. Thank you so much for tuning in live. If you tune in live, thank you for watching on YouTube. Thank you for listening on any of the podcast platforms. That is going to do it. We would look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything. Houston Rockets basketball.